of Creativity with Mark Stinson. Copyright 2021. Hello again, everyone. This is Mark Stinson, and you've joined our podcast, Unlocking Your World of Creativity. This is the podcast where we literally go around the world talking with creative experts about how they get inspired with new creative ideas, but also how they get those ideas organized and packaged and then get them out into the world. Some of those obstacles to overcome may be internal, they may be confidence, but oftentimes we find making the right connections and knowing the right people to talk to and the right steps to take is a key to unlocking that world of creativity. And that's really our focus today. My guest is Bree Noble. Bree, it's so good to have you on the program. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Well, Bree is the CEO of a female musician academy. She hosts a profitable musician summit, but she also has some great podcasts of her own, the Women in Substance Music Podcast, the Female Entrepreneur Musician Podcast. You're covering a lot of bases, Bree, and a lot of subject matter that I know creative artists are interested in. Thank you. I mean, I, I, I try to, and it's all kind of evolved over the years. So I've you know, obviously started helping female musicians and transitioned even more into helping all musicians try to make money from their music. That's the burning question on everyone's mind. How do we go from a budding creative talent and you hear somebody and you go, boy, that's, that's a great song. They really do seem to have some talent, but then take that to the next level and make it a true business proposition. Obviously, sometimes it involves a little bit of luck, right? Having that talent, of course, but you can't just rely on the talent. You have to rely on your ability to take risks in the world and put yourself out there. I know that a lot of artists, they put themselves out there once and they don't get the response that they thought they would, or you know, they got some people on social media that said a few negative things, or, you know, they tried out for something and they didn't get it or whatever. And, you know, you have to be able to risk yourself, but then you have to have the perseverance and put in the effort to keep going when that doesn't work out the first time. And that's, that's really kind of the three things that you need in order to have a career that is going to have a long-term stickingness, <laughs> stickingness. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, I do know what you mean. And I think, again, it's like uh, that fine line. We do it for the passion. You know, people say, oh, I really love the music. And I just, I love the poetry and I love the songs and so forth. And yet, you know, I want to make a living doing it. And there's that crossover, isn't there? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's not easy. Like, it's not like it's going to happen overnight. And so many musicians just think if I could just get that, you know, one video that goes viral or whatever, you know, on TikTok or whatever it is, or if you can get this one person who has all this influence to notice me, but really 99.9% .9 of the musicians that are successful, it's just hard work. It's a lot of, you know, hours and a, and a lot of years building just like most businesses. You know, I, that's why I always liken uh, a musician's career to building a small business because it's the same thing. You know, when you have a small business, nobody knows who you are. When you first start, you've got to start off on word of mouth and referrals and start getting your name out there. And it's just the same with musicians. Mm-hmm. 
And when you talk to some of these independent artists, especially, I have a sense that there's not a lot of label support. There's no rep support there. I mean, we're literally carrying the guitar case and carrying the briefcase at the <laughs> same time. How, how do you find artists balancing those two things? Well, a lot of artists want to rebel against that because that wasn't the old model. And so they've kind of thought, I just want to make my music and I want somebody else to handle all that stuff. So, you know, that's the hard part about being a DIY musician is having to wear all those hats. But what you have to also realize is that there's so much more open playing field in this new model. So in the old model, yeah, a few artists would get on a label and get all this support and maybe they'd get to their second album, you know, but now like any artist can get into that playing field, can get on to, you know, Spotify playlists that are going to get them the kind of plays that they want to build new fans and everything um, are going to be able to build their career from the ground up. There's so much more access with, you know, things like social media and stuff. So we have to see it from the two sides of like, yeah, it's a lot harder that we have to take on all this business stuff now, but it just, it means that we have an opening in the market that we didn't used to have before. Mm -hmm. And you have a great guide of these 15 ways to monetize your music. And, you know, just playing and getting on the radio is obviously not the only way to make a living. What mm -hmm. are some of the other ways that you were talking about all the other channels and media and so forth that we ought to be thinking about? Yeah, I mean, for one thing, most of these kinds of income streams stem from building your fan base. And even if you're like working as a freelancer, like say you're, you're recording, you know, session work from home as a singer or as an instrumentalist, or, you know, maybe you are, you're teaching or something like those are some streams of income that I talk about. Those can also grow out of having a fan base and just getting the word out about your music and getting people into your camp. Um, I certainly got all kinds of jobs for freelance singing, you know, doing demos, stuff like that, just because, you know, a friend of a friend, that kind of thing that was on my email list. I got bookings from that kind of thing. So I always want to start with the building of the fan base because your fan base is, is an asset that can work for you in so many different ways. You know, you can go out and you can, you can get some session work without having a fan base for sure. You can go onto websites and, you know, put yourself out there and do that, or you could build a teaching studio that way, but it really, really helps to have that fan base to be able to go to say like, Hey, I'm offering this now, or I'm going to do this um, special live stream for you guys. Would you be willing to pay you know, $10 a ticket to go to this. And if you've got a fan base that's already built, then you've got people to support you in those kind of new income endeavors. Mm -hmm. And your own pursuit of music, I would say, if I looked at your bio, you, you left kind of the desk administrative type job to pursue this passion quite a few years ago. What is it that gets your heart beating about music? Mm. Um, gosh, I don't know. It's, I have as long as I can remember, I've just been obsessed with music, um, all kinds too, you know, every genre really. So it's, it's hard for me to put my finger on what it is that I just feel like a music music is like 
a part of my life that I can't imagine my life without. If I want to celebrate, I want to celebrate it with great music. If I am feeling sad, I'm going to be consoled by music, you know, that's maybe is going to highlight the way I'm feeling right now and, and make me feel like someone else understands me. It's always been a part of my life that was with me with the ups and the downs. And I can't imagine life without music. And I was just out uh, to a restaurant the other day. We were in outside because of course it's coronavirus and we only had outside dining, but I was just remarking to my husband, like, you know, wouldn't it be weird if we were just sitting here in silence? Cause they had this, you know, great, like music channel that they were playing that had just this great vibe. I'm like, wouldn't it be weird if we were just sitting here in silence? I feel like it would ruin the entire vibe. It doesn't matter if there's a big fire pit and it doesn't matter if there's all these cool lights and without the music, it would just be odd. <laughs> <laughs> so true. It is. It's literally the soundtrack that plays in our own little movie. Yep. Yep. Well, you have a chance to talk to, you were talking about various genres. You have a chance to talk with artists in all of these genres. Do you see any I guess, could you compare and contrast going back to what does it take to be successful in any particular genre? I mean, certainly there's some commonalities, but are there any differences? I mean, obviously there's different tools that you can use for different genres as far as like online kinds of sites that specialize in certain genres. So just knowing, you know, what what sites and what blogs and podcasts and things you want to be on that relate to your genre there and, and, and playlists as well. Like on Spotify, there's definitely like really big, well-known playlists and in some smaller curated playlists that are just really, really good for specific genres and they get so granular, you know, we can, we can look at, you know, playlists that are very specifically, you know, bluegrass or, I don't know, like country hip hop or whatever, you know, like there's all these new genres being invented and there's a playlist for all of those. So I would say it doesn't really matter what genre you're in. You just need to know what are the specialized tools you can use for your genre? What are the best venues for your genre? Like don't try to fit your music into a place where it doesn't belong because it will just be frustrating. There are so many micro genres now that you can find a place where your music fits absolutely perfectly into that area, you know, whatever it is. So, and, and with booking as well, like when you're performing places, you can definitely mix up the genres. I know artists that, and I did this too, you know, I combined, you know, Christian music and Broadway music and jazz all in the same mm -hmm. performance, you know, because you know that you've got an audience that likes variety. So you're not stuck in, a, in one genre. You just need to know what your audience is, where you are and how you can serve them. Mm -hmm. Well, and I was wondering too about the preconceived notion that to be successful, you have to be in a particular city. If you're going to be in country, you got to go to Nashville, you know, or I have to move to New York or I got to move to LA, whatever the case is. Is any of that changing? Especially uh, you were talking about some of these new virtual channels. You know, do you feel like you need to be in those markets? Yeah, I don't think you do anymore. I mean, I think it's still really helpful um, when we get back to more in-person meetings. If you're a singer songwriter, being in Nashville is helpful just because everybody's really local. But now we have 
places where you can connect with people so easily that are global, like Clubhouse, which is kind of the big new social media, audio social media, where you can meet people that you would never be able to meet unless you were in that local scene. So if you're taking advantage of the opportunities that the internet is offering for being able to meet up with people, I don't think you need to be in a particular city. In fact, I, um, I just interviewed for one of my podcasts, a group called Nashville isn't just for country music. (laughs) And I love that because they were really trying to say, Hey, like we have people making hip hop and R and B and urban music here, and we're not getting the support we want. So we're going to create it. I like it. Well, my guest is Bree Noble, and we're talking about going from just enjoying and having a passion for your talent to actually making a living from your music. Bree, let's think about your own uh, creative process. You've developed courses, curriculum, coaching, all sorts of manner of uh, teaching artists how to be better business people. How did you come to develop and package some of these things? You know, I was thinking about this. And everybody has a different way of getting stuff out of their brain. I tend to be, if I I have this terrible, terrible fear of a blank page, it's really hard for me to like start on something, Um, you know, whether it was lyric writing or outlining a course or figuring out how I want to teach a lesson, uh, writing a blog post, like all those things. Starting is the hardest for me. And so I have found that sometimes I need to like, set a deadline for myself and make myself at least deliver some of it like a in a bare bones format in some way whether it's on like a live stream <laughs> or you know something like that in order to start getting my my creative juices flowing in my brain so i'm i'm very much the person that will just be like I really want to talk about this thing. I don't know exactly what I'm going to say. I'm just going to jot down a few bullet points and go on a live stream and just start talking. And, <laughs> and so it, it really helps me get the creative juices flowing and, and, you know, I'll start, maybe I'll come up with some things that I wouldn't have if I was just sitting there staring at my screen, trying to figure out what to write next. I love that. And in terms of this profitable musician, are you thinking of holding the sort of live summits again? Or what do you think's on the horizon for that? You know, okay. I loved the summits. They were really great. I had a partner that I worked with who handled a lot of the technology side, all the backend stuff of how the pages and how people could sign up and find it. And that was all the stuff that I didn't like doing um, because it was overwhelming to me a little bit. I could do it, but I was handling, I love doing the interviews. So I haven't done the summit again since 2019, just because I've was felt a little bit burnt out from it. Um, And so I've now that I've gotten like re-excited about doing podcast interviews again, because I felt like I'd been a little burnt out because of the summit doing so many interviews, you know, each summit had like 40 interviews. I'm really more excited about my podcast again. And I I started the Profitable Musician Show, which is a weekly podcast about uh, making money from music. And it's really an outgrowth from that summit, the Profitable Musician Summit. So I feel like it's kind of the next step for that idea of what I was doing with the summits. And I've really been enjoying those interviews. And so I think that's kind of where I'm going with that for now is just my weekly podcast. And then I still have my female entrepreneur musician podcast, which is focused a little more on, on female centric topics. Mm -hmm. 
And what are some of the questions that you cover in your weekly podcast? I mean, there's so many subjects around the making money from music. There's so many different angles that we can cover on how we can um, either new ways we could make money or ways that we can be more efficient in doing what we're already doing to make money, different tools that we can use that are going to make our lives easier. So that's kind of what I'm covering on that one. And then on the female side, like I love highlighting either female centered businesses that are trying to help musicians in some way, female artists that have done something really cool and and unique in their career. And one thing that I always ask them is like, you know, was there ever a time that you felt like you, you wanted to quit? And how did you push through that? And most of the time their answer is like, yeah, probably at least once a day. <laughs> I was <gonna> say. <laughs> yeah. Every Friday night. <laughs> right. I'm done. Yep. But it's uh, great. Cause you get to hear the stories of like a, a time. I mean, sometimes they'll be like, yeah, I did quit for three months. I, I was so burnt out, you know, and then they'll talk about, you know, what got them back in and why they're more dedicated than ever now. Mm-hmm. And just in the title. I mean, female entrepreneur, musician, you get the whole three circles, you know, Mm -hmm. of uh, not only why we're doing this, but also, I guess, the challenges, the trials and tribulations of overcoming obstacles in each one of those three areas. Yep, absolutely. And do you find that the state of the state in songwriting is singers, female musicians, is the market more receptive? What advice or insight would you have for someone who is a female, an entrepreneur, and a musician right now? Um, Well, first of all, I'd say that a lot of musicians don't start out thinking of themselves as entrepreneurs. So if you're not in that mindset yet, that's okay. Um, If you're just a musician and you want to understand how to really build a career and you're getting, you're catching on that that might be involving you, you know, getting a few business skills and thinking around those lines, like that's, that's great. Uh, You don't have to think of yourself as an entrepreneur yet. But to me, the biggest thing you can do is find a community of, of like-minded female entrepreneur musicians like yourself uh, or aspiring ones that are doing what you're wanting to do, where you can get that kind of support. You can see other people that are a little bit ahead of you on the path and be inspired by that as well as learn from what they're doing. And they may share with you like, oh, I made this mistake and, you know, let me help you. So you don't make that mistake too. Um, So I think for, as women, I think mentorship and having a group of, of supportive other females is really important. That's what was really helped me in my career to, to not feel like I was an Island and, nobody really understood what I was trying to do. So true, the collaboration. Well, Brie, what a great conversation. Before we close, I want to be sure that you have a chance to direct people. Where do we find your website and these podcasts so we can be sure to listen to them? Absolutely. So ProfitableMusician.com is our Profitable Musician show all about how to make money from music. Female Entrepreneur Musician podcast uh, is on all podcast networks as well as at F as in female, E as in entrepreneur, musician.com, femmusician.com. And if you're a female artist and you're looking for a community, I do have a free community, as I was talking about earlier, with a, a place where you can 
be with other artists that are trying to do the same thing. That's the female indie musician community on Facebook. And you can access that by going to wscommunity.com. Well, thank you so much. Our guest has been Bree Noble, and she supports musicians, singer-songwriters, artists of all genres, and particularly she's given us some good programs and some good collaboration forums for female artists who want to meet and compare notes and explore collaboration. So Bree, thanks so much. You're welcome. And listeners, come back again for our next episode. We'll continue our virtual trip around the world to talk to creative experts about getting creative inspiration, but also organizing and connecting with the right people to help get our work up and out into the world. So until next time, I'm Mark Stinson for Unlocking Your World of Creativity. Take care. Unlocking Your World of Creativity with Mark Stinson. Copyright 2021. We've created a special offer just for listeners of the podcast. You can get our book, A World of Creativity. Paperback is at a special price of $5.98, and the Kindle version is only $0.99. Go to my website, mark-stinson.com. The book is featured on the homepage. You can click it and go to Amazon, mark-stinson.com, and enjoy the book.